mic good? All right. Uh, once again, I appreciate all you guys being here this morning. Uh, I got the call last night about 10 o'clock that I was going to be speaking. Uh, Dad, am I in the lights? One of Dad's biggest pet peeves is he's ever speaking not being in the light. So hopefully I'm in the light right here for you guys. But uh, Derek is sick. The family's sick. But, and he's got to be very sick not to be here. I've seen him sick before and still show up, so I know he's feeling very rough. Um, but two years ago, I prepared a message to speak one weekend that Derek was going to be gone. They had taken the kids to the ARC exhibit and uh, two years ago, and that week was actually when they shut down everything for COVID, the very first time. So we ended up not having service because we didn't know what the rules were yet, you know, that kind of thing. And the message that I prepared that week for that service never left me. So last night whenever Derek messages me and he says, could you speak tomorrow if I'm still sick? Instantly I thought, yeah, I've still got that message in my mind and in my heart. And if it's still, if it's still there two years later for me, then obviously it's not finished in me. And it's needing shared with somebody else, right? So I got here this morning. Last night I didn't do any studying. This morning I got up. I didn't do any studying. Uh, I got here, opened the church, went back in Derek's office, and just wrote out a few notes. Because my real intent here this morning is just to let the Spirit lead us. And uh, I do have an outline, but I want the Holy Spirit to work, and I feel like he's got something special for somebody here today, and hopefully for all of you here this morning. Um, it was a little intimidating when I'm writing out my little chicken-scratch notes in Derek's office, and, uh, you know, I think of him as a brother a lot, because he is my older brother, but also there's times where I think of, of him as my pastoral authority. And uh, there's times where I talk to him and I say to him, I'm asking you this as a brother. You know, not as my pastor. Then there's also times I speak to him and he knows I'm coming to him as my pastor. And I, I'm thankful for him for that. But it was a little intimidating being in his office and sitting in his chair and writing the notes and looking behind me and seeing all these degrees on the wall. <laughs> I'm thinking, theology? Degree in theology? Uh, you know, uh, apologetics? Uh, hermeneutics? I'm like, I don't even know what these words mean. So, uh, we're just going to let the Spirit lead this morning, and uh, I've had a, uh, I've had some, I've had this story on my heart, like I told you, for a couple of years, and um, this message is about King Hezekiah, and I don't know how familiar you are with Hezekiah, I don't know um, what stories in the Bible you've read about Hezekiah, he's mentioned throughout the Bible, but mainly in three books, Kings, Second Kings, Chronicles, and Isaiah. And we're going to start with just kind of a history on Hezekiah because I want to set up where we really get into what's on my heart, what I think the Lord has prepared for us. Um, but King Hezekiah was the king of Judah, okay? Now, Judah was not really known as a center for the way or Christianity or believers. Um, actually, King Hezekiah was the son of King Ahaz. Ahaz was known as the wicked. Ahaz had, King Ahaz had uh, 
King Ahaz had pagan altars. They had idols. He had actually nailed the temple doors shut and closed the temple. And then he has a son, King Hezekiah. Even to the point, the temple doors were nailed shut, and there was a bronze serpent that Moses had made. This is I kind of like history. I don't know if you guys like history. I like history, so this, this kind of was something cool to me. Moses had made a bronze serpent and gifted it, and they actually even went and worshipped that bronze serpent when King Ahaz, which was Hezekiah's father, was ruling. Now, we get, we get there to Hezekiah's reign. He's 25 years old. All right, when, he gets, when he gets stated in as the king, he's 25 years old. Taking over his father's kingdom. And he cleans it all out. He cleans out the pagans, the, the pagan altars. He, no more idols. He breaks down the doors, puts new doors up, opens the temple back up. This is a man after God's own heart. He knew the importance of knowing God, and he didn't, he, he didn't falter in that. Um, some of you guys are probably thinking, well, we're doing a series on changed. We're supposed to start down and make our way up, or there's supposed to be a bad to a good situation, right? Well, today we're going to kind of flip it. So I, wanna, I want to explain to you and get you to understand the good of King Hezekiah before we get into it. So we're going to start in 2 Kings. Chapter 18 and verse 5 says, and this is just, the only reason why I want to bring this to your attention is I just want to show you what kind of man Hezekiah was. It says, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. If you know, if you know much about after his time, his son becomes a ruler after him, and they actually lose the kingdom. So no kings before him or after him were like him in the fact that he chased after, the, after God. And says he remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. Right? Now, let's go to verse 7. So the Lord was with him. We talked a little bit earlier about the hand of God and the hand, the blessing of God being on you or off you. Hezekiah was definitely someone that the hand of God was on because of the choices he made, what he did it says, so the Lord was with him, and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. He revolted against the king of Assyria and refused to pay him tribute. All right, and so a little more history. Assyria at this time is taking over. They're conquering everything. There's a mighty army. Everyone's scared of Assyria coming to them, right? Now, they, all of the north and other nations, they've conquered, taken over. So this is, this, is, this is showing his faith in God. It says, Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. He revolted against the king of Assyria and refused to pay him tribute. Instead, paying tribute to the Lord, right? Now, there's one page. This is around, this is around 701 B.C., when the Assyrian conquest was going on. They had conquered all the north Assyria had. They openly defied God. Okay, they, they mocked the God of Hezekiah, our God, as being powerless like the other gods of the nations that they had already conquered. So, here, here it comes that... Uh, let's go to 2 Kings. Yeah, we got it. Oh, let's, let's, 
Joe, I don't have this on there, I don't think. I already made one mistake here. 2 Kings 19, 19. Okay? So here we are. We, we, Hezekiah, he's the king. He's paying all of his tribute to the Lord. He's not afraid of Assyria, right? And Assyria is coming to con- conquer him. And by all, by, by, by all of our standards, you know, the Lord's with him. What, what, I guess what I'm trying to explain to you right now and get you to understand is how good of a man Hezekiah was. Now, so let's go. 2 Kings 19.19 19 is just a scripture where it talks, Joe's pulling it up for me, but basically what we're getting at, okay, so it comes to find out that Assyria is coming to attack Hezekiah's kingdom. 185,000 soldiers are coming to attack them. Some of you may be familiar with this story. The angel of the Lord comes in and kills them all at night. Okay? This is the hand of the Lord on Hezekiah because of his faithfulness. Because of him, because of him putting back the Passover. His father had taken away the Passover. He's reinstituted the Passover. He's opened the temple again. Alright? So now our Lord God. This is, a, this is a pretty prayer from Hezekiah. Right? Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, our God. So even in the midst of the attack coming, he's calling out to the Lord and wanting his glory, right? So I know we're all like, what's so wrong about this? Why are we talking about this, right? So let's keep going. The angel kills 185,000, okay? Isaiah reassures. Isaiah, anybody else in here have prayer partners or an accountability partner? Raise your hand. You got one? Raise your hand. Wouldn't be ashamed of. I got one. Right? So, Isaiah and Hezekiah are basically accountability partners. Okay? Prayer partners. So, Hezekiah sends word to Isaiah that the Assyrians are coming. The 185,000. He prays first. He prays the pretty prayer. Sends the word to Isaiah, his prayer partner. That's what we do, right? That's what we should do. We should go to the Father first, pray over what's coming up on us, and then say, Brother, I need your prayers. We're, we're about to face something big. There's 185,000 coming after us, right? So Isaiah reassures him, like a good partner would do, God is going to spare the city. Don't fear, right? So now we go to Second Chronicles 32:22. It says, That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from King the Nacarib of Assyria, and from all the others who threatened them. So the angel of death, or the, the angel of the Lord comes in, kills 185,000. So much so, so much so much so that the, the 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 kingdom of Hezekiah was in surprise. They woke up the next morning and they're walking around this, the, the kingdom, all these dead bodies. Who killed all these people? Right. Uh, so it's it's intense. Now. Don't you like in your own life, you like to look back at the faithfulness of the Lord? When you're about to face something else or something comes up, you can look back at the faithfulness. That's what we just did right there with Hezekiah. That's why I took you through that. Where we are going to study today is in Isaiah chapter 38. Okay? We're going to read the first verse and the first verse only. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, remember who Isaiah was, right? His accountability partner, his prayer partner. 
Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message, King Hezekiah. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. A little unexpected, right? What's the explanation? Don't you think it was probably a little unwanted for Hezekiah at this point? History says he's 39 years old, in the prime of his life. The hand of God's on his nation. His family's safe. His family's healthy. They're at peace. There's no, there's no, no Assyrian army left to attack them, right? He's done what, what the Father asked him to do. He's, he's taken away all the pagan altars. The idols are gone. He opened up the temple again. Passover's being reinstated. It's a little unexpected for him, right? Unexplainable, unwanted. That's the title for today. Unexpected. Unexplainable and unwanted. So, we said he's at the prime of his life. He's 39 years old. Out of all the people that could bring him this bad news, it's his prayer partner. The guy who just the story before reassured him, God's going to protect you. God's going to keep you. You don't have to worry about this, Josh. God's got it. Now he's the one calling him saying, you're sick unto death. You will not recover. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Have you found yourself something unexpected come up? Just when you thought everything was going good, right? I've got the job I want. I've got the woman I want. I've got the man I want. You know, I've got the car. I don't know what it is for you. And then something that you can't explain, you didn't expect, you definitely don't want, is right there facing you and you're thinking, God? So that leads us to what does Hezekiah do? He's a man of God, right? So let's read verse 2. Verse 2 says, when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. I, after I've read that, I've, I've asked myself, is that what I did? Is that what I do? Do I go get one? I know this is deep, guys. I know it is. I know I'm pulling at you. When he heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. What does that mean? What does turning your face to the wall mean? It means he didn't wait on Sunday. He didn't wait to come to church Sunday and ask for a prayer request. I got a prayer request. I need y'all to pray for me. <laughs> he didn't call up Isaiah. He didn't call up his prayer partner. I need prayer. <laughs> no. Are you, are you getting it? It got deep quick, right? Okay. So he turned his face to the wall. He got one-on-one. -on -one. You know, he's, he's solitary. He's in, a, he's, on, he's in a place. Put your face to the wall. Nothing, nobody else. Nothing else. It's just me and God right here. 
Have you, have you been here before? If you've not been here before, you're going to find yourself there one day, right? I didn't have a very good testimony until a few years ago because I'd never been there before. I'd never been right here with Hezekiah, just one-on-one, nobody else. I, I, I couldn't call a friend. I, I couldn't wait till Sunday. Sunday, couldn't, I, Sunday wasn't quick enough. I was just one on I had to go just one on one. I didn't expect what happened. I couldn't explain what happened. I definitely didn't want what happened. And I, I, I say some of you in here this morning are probably in a spot or have been in a spot where you've been there too, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and you'll hear some of these, some of them. Well, in all things, give thanks. <laughs> now, that's easy for them to say, right? <laughs> Nobody walks out here, and if we get in a car wreck as we leave here today, we don't say, well, glory to God. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We can't do that. It's too hard to do, right? I understand that. Job, verse 2 has some more to it, right? <laughs> it says when he heard this he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord he's there one on one no, no, nobody else he's persuaded I, like, I heard a preacher one time say if he had three words he could leave with his congregation ever it'd be the three words I am persuaded Right? I am persuaded that no matter what comes no matter what goes God is faithful we sang those, you know, this morning I started thinking about the, the message that I had on my heart, and I started thinking, I hope this is the right time for it. It's been two years on my heart. That's verse 3 is good, Joe. Verse 3 is good. Got a lot on my heart. Been on my heart for a while. Then what, were the, what was the, the set list this morning? <laughs> Ain't it funny how the Holy Spirit works? And some of you here this morning thinking, oh, don't, this message ain't for me. No, that's exactly who it's for. Right? This is appointed. This is anointed. Alright? I like, I like what verse 3 says. This is, his, this is Hezekiah speaking to God while he's at the wall one-on-one. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and I have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. The King James Version says, wept sore. I like that, wept sore. I know, I know I'm asking you to go back to a place maybe where, that, where you came out of, but you ever been to a place where you had to weep sore? There's no pretty prayer. It's not like before when the Assyrians are coming and he's saying, come Lord, show your glory so everybody knows that this was from you. No, he's down on the wall with his face to the wall. He's just crying. And he's, and, he's, and, and he's just letting it all out. And it's just, he doesn't have the right words to say. He's just crying because it it's unexplainable, Lord. It, I don't want this. But he can't, he can't even put it into words. He's just crying. Just weeping sore. It's everything's just coming out of him. Right? He doesn't, and you know what's great about that? Some, I mean, I know... 
what you, can, you can be encouraged by that this morning because those tears are our language, right? i got great parents. I've got great parents. And when something's wrong with me, when I was a kid, I could go to them crying. Mama knew, Daddy knew something was wrong. They put their arm around me. What's wrong? I got to voice it. Right? I got to tell them what's wrong. But when, when something's wrong with you, and I'm telling you this altar's open. Something's wrong with you, and you can't put it into words, or you don't know what to say. You can just weep sore, and the Father knows exactly what's in your heart. Right? And that's where Hezekiah was. That's where he is right now in this story. He broke down and he wept bitterly. Wept sore. There was no pretty prayer. He hasn't called Isaiah up. Prayer partner. He's just, he's just one-on-one him and the Lord. Ah, we got six words next, right? I don't know if, uh, I hope everybody's tracking with me. I'm, I'm, this is, it's, I know it's been tough already. Maybe some of you, like I said, have had to go to a tough place or you're in a tough place. And this might right now might be about to take you to an even tougher place. Uh, like Derek's told you guys before, we grew up in a Southern Baptist church. You know, I was telling Dawson before service started, you know, we had the preacher that you knew things were getting fired up, start taking his coat off, you know, start undoing his tie, throw that tie down, unbutton his top button. And he uh, he was one that was four or five words, and, you know, and the Lord said, ha. and I, oh man, if you talk about getting somebody fired up, I'd get fired up. I loved it. Come on, let's go. You know, come on, let's let the spirit lead, right? I love it. Well, every once in a while, you know, now Derek's not that type of pastor, you know. He's not that way. Every once in a while, I need some of that, you know. I need some of that, ha, no, you know. So, I've got a pastor that I like to listen to online uh, named Terry Anderson. He's in Houston, Texas. And, uh, and that, that's, what, that's what I get. And I heard this from him. He's titled Six Words. And... Everyone, you guys heard of Ernest Hemingway? Everybody's heard of Ernest Hemingway, right? Prolific author, genius with words, so many short stories, books. You know, may, people argue probably the best writer of, of, of time, right? Ernest Hemingway. He's at lunch one day with his buddy, other writers, okay? They're eating lunch, they say, Hemingway, we want to make a bet. We bet you $10. I don't know what year this was. I don't know how, how much $10 meant then, but $10. You know, we all make friends. We all make bets with our friends. Five bucks, you want to eat that? Ten bucks, you want to do that? You know? Now, if they make a bet with them, $10. $10, you can't write a short story in six words or less. Six words. You remember reading short stories in middle school? No, high school, they were a lot longer than six words. My teacher never found those, right? So, 
Hemingway, knowing he, he knew words, he was, he, he was a genius with words, he takes the bet, right? Well, right there on the spot, eating lunch at the table, pulls out the napkin, his pen, and writes out these six words. They're tough. They tell a big story. It says, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. That was Hemingway's six-word story. It's powerful, right? Just six little words. It tells a big story. There's so much to unpack in that. Just let it sit there, man. Now, everybody in here has six-word stories. This one may not be yours. Yo, let's go to the next slide, this six-word. Maybe your six-word story is there has been a terrible accident. Powerful, right? Here, this could be somebody else's story. The marriage is over. I'm leaving. Here's a story. Your position is no longer needed. Anybody ever had that story? This is my six word story. You are not able to conceive. Some of you have experienced major grief, right? This could be your story. Here is a rose from the casket. Right? It's tough, I know. Nobody wants to be reminded of this. And Justin, when's Derek coming back? All right? six-word story. Powerful. Right? Usually when this music comes on, we're done. Everybody knows. Five more minutes, maybe. I told Joe to start the music in for a reason. God's got six words. Right? And that little six-word story, we might have named your story, we may not have. I don't know. That little six-word story, God has one for it too. These are six words he says. I will not waste your pain. Those stories are painful, right? They cause hurt. They cause grief. You carry them around. Maybe tuck down deep, right? I don't want anybody to know that about me, not my six-word story. But he says, I will not waste your pain. Some of you are crying now. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say cry it out. Weep sore. Because the scripture also says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Have you ever been comforted by the Father? Isn't that sweet? 
Isn't that a nice feeling? So, clean yourself up. Cry all night. Joy comes in the morning, right? Because I will not waste your pain. Somebody gets that news on the job, Ronnie, your position is no longer needed. <laughs> but look at no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right? He's sick to death. He's weeping stories one-on-one at the wall. That's his six-word story. You will not live. You will die. I remember that's seven words. But that's his six-word story. This is what verse 4 says. Then the message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hezekiah didn't ask for that. He didn't have a pretty prayer asking for more life. He didn't have a pretty prayer asking for help. He didn't have a pretty prayer asking to spare the kingdom again. He just wept so he just cried. He just got one-on-one with the Father. His situation was unexplainable. It was unwanted. Huh? Unexpected. Then he finds himself nowhere but one-on-one with the Father. Doesn't even know what to pray, what to ask for. (laughs) And then the Lord, through Isaiah, his prayer partner, calls him back up. Wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear what God's telling you. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. And I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you. I need rescue sometimes. I remember a day where I needed rescue. In this city from the king of Assyria, yes, I will defend this city. Right? That's the story of Hezekiah. Change. Our series has been about change from the inside out. His situation got changed, right? His, situ- his situation got changed for the worse instant, in an instant, unexpectedly. Well, what did he do? He went to the Father one-on-one. He was persuaded that no matter what, God is faithful, right? Even when I may not know what to pray, what to say, who to call, what to do next. I can just get in that solitary place with the Father and cry out to the Lord and He's going to know my heart. He's going to know your heart. Right? I don't know, uh, I don't know if any of those six word stories is your story, what your story might be. I don't know. But I felt like this morning somebody needed to hear that your pain is not going to be wasted. Some of us, we go through these things and we think, I can't make it another day. 
with this, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe you've been going through this thing for 11 months and 29 days, right? And you didn't know if you just held out for one more day, it was going to be over, right? We never know that. We just have to hold out. And this, this, this story that you might have, powerful, right? Those six-word stories were powerful, weren't they? Some of, us were, some of us couldn't even relate to those stories. We couldn't even relate to that. We never dealt with that, but it was still powerful to us, right? Now, you have a story. You have a story. You can tell that story. The story, you know, Jessica shared her story, and you do that. Your stories are, some of them are very painful. You know, they're, they're powerful. I feel like my story, stories, have made me relatable to have an impact for the kingdom, you know. So there's, there's, there's two things that I hope that you can take from this message. And one is to follow Hezekiah's example in the fact that when, when the unexpected and the unexplained and unwanted come up in your life, you know, you turn to the Father. You get one-on-one with Him and cry out. And it doesn't take a pretty prayer. It doesn't take knowing the right words or quoting this scripture or that scripture. He knows your tears. He knows that language. There's a, there's a man sitting on the right side that's interceding on your behalf. He's making those tears a language to the Father for you. And that's daily. And then also, in the Ernest Hemingway story, is that everyone has a story. Everyone can come up with a six-word story. It's powerful. But that's not the end. God has six words over top of that. Right? You will not waste your pain pain that Hezekiah felt in that moment, being sick unto death, was not wasted. He was granted things that he didn't even ask for. And our Father wants to grant those same things on you. Right? Alright, let's pray. We have a song after this, Cody? No, this is it? Alright, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's, let's take the lights down a little bit, Joe. And, uh, I just want to pray over everybody's story here today. If you have one, if you don't have one, now you you will soon, I'm sure. I don't, I'm not wishing any ill will on you, but that's just kind of the way life goes. Life isn't fair, right? Hezekiah was a good man. Bad things happen to good people. Right? We're all good people here. Bad things come. But if you have a story that you want to be prayed over, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm just going to ask you to stand in your seat. Just stand there where you are, and we'll pray. And you, you, you stand in there. I want to symbolize for you as admitting that those six words don't define you, and those are not the final words on your life. One scene doesn't make a movie, right? So that's what we're going to do here this morning. Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here, God. And Lord, I just hope that the message that you laid on my heart that you spoke through me today, Father, was, was, was given out here, was given out here this morning, Lord, and was, was, was felt by someone. And we know this, this sermon was in the making for two years, Lord, and we know that 
somebody listening to it online later or somebody here this morning that the time is appointed and, and it's never too late. And Father, we, we're just praying over all of our stories here this morning. We, you know, we make that an emphasis here at Shift to tell our story and to get comfortable with our story to the fact that we can share it and use it to build the kingdom, Father. And we're just thankful that no matter what someone else labels us or puts on us as our story, that you have words that supersede that, Father, that go over that and that cover that. And no matter what, we're covered by the blood, Father. We're under your wing, Lord, and we're just thankful for that, God. And I just pray right now that as the ones that have stood and there's their story, Lord, the pain that's been there, Father, the pain that may be still there, Lord, that, that they would start to see and that they would get one-on-one with you. They would turn their face to the wall like Hezekiah did in his, in his story, God, and they would just call out to you. Even if they don't know what to say, if they don't know what to do, God, they, they just cry out to you and you understand their tears. You know their language, Father. And Lord, we, we're just wanting to see blessing poured out on these people, Father, for their obedience, stepping out in faith, God. We want to see blessing poured out on them, Father. We want to see growth in their hearts and their homes, Lord. Father, we're just praying. We're, we're putting the word on them, Lord, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, Father, and that, that even in their mourning, they're going to be comforted. That's what your word says, God. Your word says that as we come in and as we go out, we will be blessed. And Romans 8.28 says that, that those that believe in you, all things work out to the good. And that's what we're standing on here this morning. If you believe that this morning, if you believe the word, Romans 8.28, that all things come out to those for good who believe in the Lord, say amen with me. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Go out. Be encouraged by the service today. All right? Thank you.